Welcome back to Remodeling Mastery. I'm your host, Mark Richardson. And today I have one of our special guests who's been regular on Remodeling Mastery. Uh, he is an industry thought leader. Uh, he is heading up the Harvard's Remodeling Futures Program and uh, soon kind of moving on to other places in the industry, but also he's the chief economist for the AIA. And I want to thank uh, Kermit Baker for joining me today. And, uh, you know, today we want to talk about kind of looking forward. Uh, you know, we had some uh, some of the Google folks that, that joined us at the recent uh, Harvard Spring Conference. And, you know, one of the things they said was, you know, what does it look like kind of moving around the corner, so to speak, or looking around the corner. And, you know, as they talked about, it's a little bit, you know, uncertain, a little bit of a kind of an Escher painting, as, as they described. But I also think, uh, you know, certainly listening to people like Kermit will give you, I think, a better insight of how you're approaching things. So, Kermit, let, let's get into the subject uh, as, as, as we talk about it today, maybe in some parts. So let's talk about the consumer first. What what are some of the things that you see kind of moving forward as people are getting vaccinated and feeling more comfortable as it relates to the consumer and, and home remodeling? Yeah, I think the best way to put it, Mark, and, and, and again, uh, great to join you again today. Um, best way to put it is there, you know, there's a lot of pent-up demand out there. And I think the pent-up demand is People that have been in their home now for you know twelve to fifteen months, um, you know they've they've been they've been working on some home projects, but you know I think they're ready to make the next step too. And some of that will be related to you know the next phase of home remodeling. Some of that will be related to other things they couldn't do, like traveling and going to a baseball game and uh, you know eating out at a fancy restaurant and, and and things like that. You know that's in addition to there's still a lot of folks that are struggling from the pandemic that you know we're in sector of the economy that haven't fared well. And, you know, we hear a lot about the households that are behind on their rent, the households that are, be, you know, that are behind on their mortgage payments. So we, we continue to have a very diverse economy out there in terms of conditions that households are seeing. But, but I think there's a big segment that's really, really ready to forge ahead as the uh, you know, economy opens up again. Yeah, I think, you know, with with everything, everything being so busy with home improvement and home remodeling, I think the natural tendency of folks that have gone through different cycles is, OK, this is all great. But when when is it when's the other shoe going to grow? When is it going to be kind of over? But, you know, going back to the consumer for a minute, it, it seems like how they're seeing and how they're feeling about their home today is is really, uh, you know, an heightened interest. Uh, and and I, I'd like to believe that that's kind of here to stay. What, what, what are your thoughts? You know, I think, you know, ha habits are hard to form and hard to break, Mark. And I think, you know, we've all had a habit of using our home differently, you know, working at home, our kids getting schooled at home, entertaining uh, much more at home rather than meeting friends out at a restaurant or something. And, and, and I think it will be here to stay. I think there's some parts of it that households will say, hey, this works pretty well. And there's other things that, you know, I think households are saying, you know, if this pandemic hit, why can't another one? And maybe I ought to be a little more prepared for the next one than I was for this one. So I think they're going to continue to focus a lot on 
on on getting their home ready for what they see as kind of the the, the new realities out there. Yeah, you one one of our panelists highlighted, I think, something that really resonated for me, and that is homeowners really, as a result of this, have learned and 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 you know really enjoy being together, but they've also learned that they want to be apart. And this thing that we call a home is kind of that vessel or that vehicle for both of those experiences. And, you know, I think moving forward, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that. You know, with that being said, let's talk about project types. You know, some of the project types out there are, you know, the, the longstanding projects that have always been popular, but there are some things that are, you know, post or pre, you know, pandemic related that certainly have kind of moved in front of the line over the others. What 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 what's your take on that? And you know, maybe you can share some insights, if not anything else, to validate, you know, what what people are experiencing. Well, you know, there was a lot of home improvement activity in 2020 during the pandemic, but it was um, not the typical mix. I think you know, I think households were very. Um, happy to undertake sort of, you know, outside projects, you know, uh, places where they were, you know, entertaining. And so sort of the outdoor living, I think, became extremely popular. And in terms of kind of work on the home, I, I you know, I think households were pretty comfortable undertaking the typical exterior replacements projects, roofing, siding, windows, exterior doors. I think they didn't feel too threatened by those. Uh, there's a lot of households um, that, that, that we've heard about that, kind of deferred some of their larger interior projects, that kitchen remodel, that bath remodel or addition, or even the, um, you know, even the, the, the room addition that, you know, it didn't really feel like a great idea to have a contracting team in your home for several months during the middle of a pandemic. So I think, I think a lot of those were put on hold. And the word we hear is that they're, you know, they're coming back now, now that households are more comfortable and now that contractors are a little bit savvier in terms of dealing with household concerns that some of those bigger interior projects are really going to drive the market in 2021. You know, what's also interesting is with, I think, the kind of multi-generations that, you know, are involved with a particular home, a multi-generations obviously being the parents and also the children, I think I think how you know people are looking at the uh, you know accessory kind of develop uh, uh, spaces or you know spaces for multiple uh, you know people living in the home you know is there's certainly out in California uh, we're seeing a real heightened interest in that uh, any take or thoughts on that well that you, you, you know the um... The accessory dwelling unit movement, Mark, uh, like a lot of things, I think that we've seen over the past year, was well established even prior to the pandemic. It was it was a sort of an affordable ho uh, housing strategy. How can we, you know, how can we manage housing costs? And you know, having an accessory unit either for a family member, um, you know, uh, uh, adult children that are moving back, or aging parents that we may want to keep closer to us. Or quite frankly, as a rental unit, um, you know, I, I think was was catching on, uh, but it certainly um, yeah moved on steroids during the pandemic as as that whole concern 
uh, really, um, you know, really was heightened. I, I don't really want to risk my parents being in a nursing home, so I'm going to you know, bring them closer to me in an accessory dwelling unit or kind of a you know in in law suite or something like that was it was an attractive way of dealing with that. Um, and and uh, you know as, as we talked about, a lot of children that were coming back to live with their parents at least temporarily, um, maybe maybe for job reasons, maybe just to kind of. Uh, um, you know, regroup and, and, and act as a family unit and, and live together was, was a motivation too. But yeah, a lot of that was certainly heightened, um, heightened last year. So another kind of consumer dynamic that, that, you know, is kind of fascinating is watching kind of the, the kind of shift from urban to suburban and kind of the mobility of moving around and how people are moving out of the cities you know, is that something that, you know, based on kind of your take on things, kind of looking at it from a, you know, an economist point of view that that you see that kind of that 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 wave or certainly that tide kind of shifting back into the city again? Or or do you feel like that's kind of here to stay? You know, that'll be a it's a story that continues to unfold, Mark, in terms of what the long term implications of that are. As you suggest, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, it wasn't fun to be in a, a, a dense urban area. So a lot of folks moved out, you know, moved back with family, moved to a vacation home, uh, bought a home in the suburbs. Now, some of this was clearly just accelerating uh, uh, trends that would have happened anyways. The young families with a young child, for example, that knew they were going to move to the suburbs eventually for the schools, for the bigger backyard, for the bigger home, um, but kind of were resisting it because it was kind of fun being in an urban area and having all those amenities around you. I think said, you know, at, at, when the pandemic hit, said, well, we don't want that stuff now. We don't want to, we don't want to stay where we are. So let's, you know, we were going to move in the next two or three years. Let's do it now. Mortgage rates were low, made a lot of sense. Uh, but on the other hand, there, there are a lot of folks that moved out. And, and I think the story is still to be told as to whether they're going to move back or not. Um, and, and I think, quite frankly, some of them haven't made up their mind. Um, you know, do I like this new environment I'm, I'm in now or something like that? Or do I miss uh, uh, my, 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 my condo um, in, in a city and I'm just kind of waiting for things to settle down to go back for it, to go back to it? Um, and as I say, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but I think we'll see how people you know, uh, react to that. And, and I think there's a lot of households still trying to decide where they want to do, you know, what they want to do, where they want to go. Excellent. So another dynamic I think that's out there, certainly the remodelers or many of the remodeling owners are, you know, getting a little bit aged in, in their own right. And, you know, you don't have a huge number of folks coming up. So you have some, you know, a, a lot of movement in terms of consolidation going on. You've got, you know, some outside investment coming in. You've got some big players that are buying other companies out there. Uh, you know, we've been talking for many, many years about industry consolidation, but, you know, is this, again, just something that is, you know, uh, an example of one or two situations that really have made the news? Or is it, in fact, a, you know, an, an industry trend that we're going to start to see more of? You, you know, I think it's a fairly recent development, Mark, that um, 
private equity investors in general have found remodeling to be an investable in, uh, industry. Um, I, you know, I think I, I think they avoided it for years. It was small players. Uh, it was very dependent on the owner and founder of the company for the success. Very few remodeling companies actually survived a generational shift. You know, they kind of went out of business when the when the owner and found, founder decided to retire. But but we have seen for several reasons, uh, uh, more scale in certain aspects of this industry. And, and, and I think investors are saying, you know, number one, hey, this is a big industry, you know, 400, 500 billion dollars a year. Number two, it's not nearly as cyclical as, say, home building, for example. And, and, and number three, that we, we now are, you know, we now are seeing some players that do you know, 100 million, 200, 500 million. We, you know, we in the next couple of years, we're going to have our probably our first billion dollar uh, remodeling uh, com- uh, company, um, you know, kind of traditional uh, remodeling company. And so, you know, that, I, you know, I think if you and I had that discussion five or 10 years ago about ever reaching that scale, we would have said, no way, it just can't happen. There's too many barriers to it. Um, but we're seeing entrepreneurs kind of break through those barriers now, uh, develop scale. And see, uh, you know, seeing investors saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm probably not going to make a lot of money in the stock market. Interest rates are low. If I buy bonds, hey, maybe uh, investing in a remodeling company makes sense." And I think more and more are seeing the the benefits of that. Well, it's certainly something to keep an eye out on. And for those that you know have remodeling business and looking for transitions, it, it is something that you know is certainly a possibility. So, so Kermit, lastly. Uh, I want to touch on kind of the the influence of, of the economy and that on remodeling moving forward, because like I said, I think, you know, with the frenzy that's going on right now, the phone's ringing off the hook, the projects are there. Obviously, we've got some labor shortages, but uh, what effects I think moving forward should, you know, remodeling professionals be thinking about or watching as it relates to kind of the overall economy and, and uh, you know, creating the right level of sustainability for what they're experiencing now. You, you know, we saw a very strong GDP number in the first quarter, Mark, and I think we're going to see more numbers of that for the next year or so. Very, very strong growth. We talked earlier about pent-up demand, all the savings that households have uh, built up during the pandemic and, and, and how they're going to do that. And so, you know, remodeling companies, I think, as is often the case, have, have gone pretty quickly from, you know, the market's too weak to the market's too strong. And, and, and you just shift over to a, a new, li- a new list of issues now. And we're clearly on the, on the too strong list that it's difficult to, you know, supply issues are hard. It's hard to get materials. It's hard to get labor. We're seeing, you know, unusual spikes in, in commodity prices like lumber. Um, and, and, you know, huge, Huge backlogs or delays, uh, uh, you know, waiting times for um, you know a lot of value-added products like you know appliances and and HVA systems and things like that, and 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 that you know it, it's a nicer problem to have than I can't find any work or I can't find any customers, um, but it is a challenge for the industry in terms of you know if I really can't start on a job for six or nine months. How do I? What do I do to not offend that consumer that I want to keep in good graces with? If if I don't know when I can get product, 
Um, how do I schedule a job? If I don't know what price I'm ultimately going to pay for some materials I'm going to be using, how do I price a job? And, and, and there's all those all the, those issues that they're going to be dealing with. I think you know we're, we're still in a bit of a honeymoon period that I think consumers coming out of the pandemic are saying, hey, if I have to wait a few extra months to get my project done, that's okay. I know everyone's busy. If I, if I have to pay a little bit more for the project, that's okay. I know it's a tight market, um, but I think consumer patience is going to wear thin. And I think, um, you know, contractors are going to have to be a, a, a bit more diligent in terms of, you know, ratcheting up their communications with their clients and potential clients about, you know, realistically, what are we talking about here in, in terms of schedule and price? Absolutely. Well, Kermit, I want to thank you for uh, joining me on Remodeling Mastery. I want to thank you and certainly your team for all your hard work over the last many, many years at the Harvard uh, Remodeling Futures Program. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, you know, continued involvement with, you know, keeping a pulse and certainly an ear on the ground of what's going on out there. And uh, so take care and thank you very much. Good to be with you again, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.